Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Theatrical Mustang Podcast. I'm your host, Woodzik. This is episode 116 with Sharon Park. Before we get into how awesome this episode is, I wanted to say thank you so much for listening. Because of you, we have just reached 10,000 downloads. That's pretty flippin' sweet, isn't it? Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this community. Because, you know, unbridled talent, no matter where it lives, those are the people we want to talk to on this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Transactions, also known as my MFA thesis, which will be performing at Dairy Center for the Arts as part of the Theater Maiden Boulder Festival on Sunday, February 4th at noon. Tickets are going quickly, and so if you're planning on coming, I suggest you hop on to the dairy.org snap out those ticks. Also, we are in the home stretch of raising funds to pay our cast of transgender and gender non-conforming actors. We're so close, everyone. And if you're listening to this episode, the night that it drops, which would be January 15th, please know this is the last day to make your donation and get your name in the program. We will be running the campaign through our production date, but if you want to be cool and listed as a producer, you should hop over to coloradogives.org slash transactions and make a completely tax-deductible donation thanks to the fiscal sponsorship of the Catamounts. So this episode, 116 with Sharon Park, we talk about all the amazing programming that's going on at the dairy when it comes to music. There's a bunch of cool stuff happening. We have a link in the episode description. You can see it all in one place at that link. So please enjoy episode 116 with Sharon Park. So I'm so stoked to welcome Sharon Park to the podcast. Welcome! Hi, thanks for having me. Theatrical Mustang podcast, first podcast of the new year. Super stoked to, I said stoked twice. I feel like 12 years old right now. It's great. (laughs) And I should be surfing in California. Um, Not too bad. We're going to talk about music (laughs) a lot because you are the music curator here at the Dairy as well as being a chamber musician and all-around musical badass. Um, So why don't we talk a little bit about some of the concerts that you have coming up. The first is January 28th, correct? Tell me all about it. Sure. So uh, the spring season at Music of the Dairy is kicking off on the 28th of this month, and it'll be really exciting. Um, it's a collaboration, an ongoing collaboration with Off the Hook Arts, which is a nonprofit organization based out in Fort Collins. Um, and so we're kind of closing out their Winterfest series uh, with Hollywood Escape. Um, yeah, so it'll be really exciting. And actually, Glenn um, has... Uh, linked a cinema in relationship uh, to uh, that first concert um, called Score, and I'm going to be doing the talk back for that on Wednesday, I believe it's the 25th. Um, but it'd be great, just kind of uh, a look uh, behind uh, Hollywood films and um, big blockbuster hits, and kind of looking at the music uh, that accompanies that's so very powerful in watching movies um, that a lot of people don't realize plays an integral part in the storytelling of a movie, um, and kind of really tugging at your heartstrings and your emotional um, 
outlet and connection to it. So it'll be really exciting. And the concert um, on the 28th um, features some of uh, the most amazing musicians that we have uh, based here right in Boulder. Uh, we have Harumi Rhodes on violin and David Rakira on cello, uh, Maria Stroke uh, and uh, Deborah Marshall on clarinet. Um, and it's going to be hosted uh, by Bruce Adolph, who is the artistic uh, director of Off the Hook Arts. Um, there'll be film clips, um, interviews with granddaughters of um, these amazing composers of the works that are going to be performed. So it's going to be really exciting. That's incredible. And of course, if folks want to get more info, they can go to the dairy.org and Absolutely. grab their tickets. Because it sounds like this one's going to be one of those that sells out. Like, folks are going to want to turn out for this guy yeah absolutely there are a lot of concerts this spring that are going to be really great and really excited i'm really jazzed for this uh particular season so yeah definitely check out the website get your tickets now to make sure that you have them in your uh in your pocket in your pockets on your phone <laughs> wherever you keep your tickets and then in march there's a human trafficking awareness concert that sounds like an absolutely incredible event how did that come into being so yeah this concert is uh came about uh, from a partnership that we had with Boulder Reach, uh, which is a local uh, Boulder organization who's raising funds uh, for an organization called Pathfinder Center out in South Dakota. And they are building a safe haven for uh, trafficked victims, uh, specifically women and children. And so um, as a relationship to that, we kind of wanted to bring awareness to that topic that no one ever wants to talk about. It still exists and it's still happening. Um, And so it's going to be a really powerful concert and um, kind of a different format than uh, the other concerts that have been happening here at the Dairy. Um, We have a lot of great, I have a lot of artists who are booked for that, including a really well-known Native American hip-hop artist and rapper who's going to be coming and performing. And it was someone, there's going to be a spoken word artist um, and there's going to be, it's going to be a lot of really exciting things. There'll be um, some facts, some, you know, kind of unveiling of truths and kind of um, ending with a more hopeful way of, you know, what can we do um, and kind of make this world a better place. So it's going to be really exciting. Oh, I love that intersection of art and advocacy. And I think it's a fine balance between uh, informing and entertaining and and leaving folks with actionable items, Mm -hmm. right? So they don't just leave feeling full of not you know uncertainty and whatnot Mm -hmm. uh we should mention that you might hear some ambient noise we're in the lobby of the dairy and there are children and ballet classes and actors and so just just let yourself uh take it all in audience members um and then in april there's a collaboration with boulder phil Mm mm-hmm and tell me about that. Yeah, so on April 5th, uh, we're going to be bringing some amazing performers, some who have been um, on the music series at the Dairy before. Um, and a person who is, I'm really excited to bring out, he's actually a really close friend of mine um, that I uh, had grown up going to summer music festivals with. Um, he is an internationally renowned violinist, Stefan Shakiv. Um, and he's actually going to be one of the featured soloists with the Boulder Phil for a concert that Saturday on April 7th. Mackey Auditorium. And what we're doing um, on Thursday, April 5th is kind of um, 
a sneak peek at um, all of the things that these amazing artists can do. Um, also on that program is Cleo Parker Robinson Dance Ensemble, um, who'll be uh, performing as well, and um, Boulder pianist David Korovar, um, who's not actually performing on that Saturday's concert, but he did perform um, in one of the early concerts of Boulder Phil earlier this season. And he's a Boulder favorite pianist and is no stranger to the dairy stage. So it's gonna be a really exciting concert. Um, what's unique about that one is that we're pairing it with a catered reception afterwards for all ticket holders oh, wow. um, as another way to kind of mix and mingle with the artists and the performers um, and uh, kind of uh, meet with uh, music director of Boulder Phil, Michael Butterman. Um, so it's going to be a really, you know, kind of catered affair, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. And then uh, I, I'm... I heard a little rumor that there's going to be some tango music also this spring. Yeah, in April, we have um, the Austin Piazzolla Quintet, um, who, which Piazzolla is one of my favorite you know, composers, and I'm really jazzed to bring them out here again. Um, and they're going to be performing. Um, it's actually kind of linked to their uh, CD that they recently released called um, Angels and Devils, and that's actually the oh, name yeah. of this uh, concert. And they'll be it'll be partnered um, with some dancers from Parasol Art and um, it'll be tango dancing um, with some really amazing music from this quartet um, kind of specializing in pizzola and it's gonna be really fun absolutely I am a sucker for dancing with the stars and my favorite numbers time after time are the Argentine tangos yeah the sultriness the intensity yeah the passion that's on stage you just have to like fully embody that yeah. for it to it to carry well yeah absolutely and then there's also the soundscape series mm-hmm. that happens any any uh, little hints you want to give to us about what folks might enjoy with that series yeah we have um three soundscapes that are happening uh the first one um which you know i say that i'm excited about every concert but this one i really am <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's a different format than what Soundscape has traditionally been done here at the Dairy. Um, and it's going to be on Sunday, February 11th. Um, and the weird part about that is that Soundscapes have generally been on Wednesdays at 2. Um, but on February 11th, okay. this is Sunday at 4 o'clock. So mixing everything up. <laughs> what? Um, and it's with the Miami String Quartet. And so I'm very excited to have them back. Uh, they've performed at the Dairy, I, I believe, once before, if not twice. Um, but they'll be back. And this is also... Um, part of or linked with the Off the Hook Arts uh, Educational Residency. Um, so they'll be doing some stuff with um, the young performers up in Fort Collins um, and then completing with a performance here at the Dairy on Sunday, February 11th at 4 o'clock. Um, and they're going to be performing some of my favorite and I pretty sure everyone's favorite quartet repertoire um so it's definitely a do not miss um and it's a great way to kind of um end your weekend wind down your weekend right before dinner time and you know kind of hit one last hurrah before that week starts in february um so that's that sunday february 11th at four o'clock um and then we also have uh we're welcoming for the first time katie glassman and snapshot um they are a um, old-timey fiddle group that's amazing. She, uh, Katie is such a versatile musician. She's a singer. She's a fiddler. She's a two-time national uh, fiddle champion. Oh, my gosh. Um, and her group is just amazing. She has this great... 
um, voice and just aura about the group that kind of transports you back into a time when things weren't so complicated. Um, and it's a really great show and it's, it's a new flavor, um, that's being introduced to the soundscape series. Um, so that's on April 25th. Um, and then closing out soundscape for, um, the spring season, uh, we're bringing back opera Colorado's young artists and they're going to do an abridged version of the elixir of love. And it's actually really cool because it's set in, um, uh, in Colorado. So there's a little bit of, you know, hometown historical flavor to okay. it, um, with some beautiful singing from the young artists who are incredible this season. Um, and so it's definitely a do not miss, especially for Boulder audiences who don't get to hear them on a regular basis, as opposed to the Denver, uh, folks who get to see them a lot in Ellie Calkins theater. So <laughs> <laughs> that's such a great space. Mm-hmm. How so I know theater, and I don't, I mean, I played oboe for 12 years, and so I have some, like a little bit of a window into instrumental music, and how do you go about, and I, I also want our listeners to know, all of that came off the top of your head, no notes, like <laughs> encyclopedic knowledge, I love that. How do you put together this season? I know how to put together a theater season, but how is it working a lot of connections that you have with artists already? Is it sort of seeing what the audience already likes and trying to also expose them to new things? How do you strategize? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's one that I think uh, is always kind of at the forefront of my mind because there's no one way to program a season. There are definitely... um, aspects of everything that you just mentioned, you know, um, artist relationships, uh, things that, you know, patrons enjoy introducing new aspects. Those are all kind of variables that I'm always kind of juggling just to make sure that there's an even balance. Um, and then, you know, the non-artistic things to think about, like, you know, when is the space even available to us (laughs) and, you know, how do I make it, you know, evenly spread out so it's not overly congested. So it's a lot of, you know, juggling of different things and, And, um, you know, but never forgetting the importance of what I'm doing, which is bringing amazing musical experiences um, to our Boulder patrons. So um, it's definitely uh, a juggling act for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. So where can we see you perform? Um, Yeah, I play with a lot of uh, local Boulder uh, organizations, including the Boulder Phil. Um, I'm actually assistant principal second violin of that orchestra uh, for about three years now, going into my fourth. So I'll be uh, performing with them this season. Uh, I perform with Boulder Bach Festival Orchestra. I sub frequently with Colorado Symphony. During the summer times, um, I'm principal second of Central City Opera. So I'm doing that daily commute, uh, Denver, Boulder, (laughs) Central City. Yeah, spending lots of time in the car. Um, And then, yeah, and then, you know, various chamber music, uh, you know, programs that I pick up with friends um, and visiting artists. And it's it's definitely a a fun way to kind of balance my life out. That's awesome. And then we'll have the link to your uh, website in the episode description, but SharonParkViolin.com for all things performing and of that nature. So let's let's take a let's take a stroll down music memory lane. Oh great. How did you first encounter music in a meaningful way? Like is there a memory that stands out, like a performance that you went to or a score that you listened to and you're like, This is it. This is something cool, something I wanna pursue. Well, I kind of had music has always been a part of my life. It's the only thing that I know. It's probably 
The only thing, I, I don't remember my childhood or a time in my life when I didn't have a violin in my hand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's kind of scary when people ask me how many years because then it reminds me of how old I am. <laughs> but, you know, it's, you know, my parents started me on the violin um, at a very young age um, when I was four. And so, um, and for a long time, like any young kid, it was just kind of something that I had to do, like going to Korean school and, you know, learning how to um, go to school and do homework and that sort of thing. Um, so it was really more in high school, you know, I already had a career set out for me, um, even in middle school. And um, when I switched to go to Crossroads, uh, which is a K through 12 um, college prep school, I kind of was, and I started there in seventh grade. Um, and even since then, like I was already kind of pegged a music major. And so I already had my major picked out for me. It still kind of felt like a job in a lot of ways. You know, when I was younger, I got to do a lot of cool and amazing things and go see amazing uh, places and meet new people. And I think um, early on in high school, it was when, you know, I was just kind of coming into my own, becoming an adult. I lived in a boarding house. And so I kind of had to oh, wow. do a lot of, you know, growing up and adulting real fast. <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. And so with everything happening, it was kind of, you know, this is my life. This is, you know, I'm a shy person. And violin was a way for me to kind of communicate with the rest of the world it was a way for me to meet new people um and to you know find something in common and be able to play music you know and i would even travel um where i wouldn't speak the same language as people around me but you know you put instruments in our hands and we're able to play this amazing piece of music and knowing that power early on in life was something that i don't think i could ever um, recreate and it's something that always gets reminded to me no matter where I go no matter where I travel wherever my performances take me it's it's a really special thing to kind of be able to speak a language that everyone can understand to some level and to some degree and to be able to communicate with people so definitely sometime in high school um, was you know when I kind of switched gears in my mind and was like this is not a job this is my way of life and this is the only way that I want to live my life is through music it's so beautiful <laughs> I didn't yeah I didn't even think of that because I know a lot of I have a lot of friends who've traveled and done theater in other countries but I mean music is really the universal language mm -hmm. I didn't even think of that you don't have to translate you have to translate lyrics but yeah. you know the notes are the notes and yeah that's a really powerful statement yeah where did you go to undergrad I went to the New England Conservatory in Boston um, so I did my undergrad there, uh, and then I moved on to New York, uh, where I did my master's at the Juilliard School. And then what moved down here. <laughs> Juilliard, like, holy crap. Yeah, Juilliard was awesome. I, it was a really great experience, and it had always been my dream to go to Juilliard, like any artist. <laughs> and you made it happen. Yeah, it was really exciting. I loved, you know, all of the connections I made out there, both um, friendships, uh, colleagues, mentors, um, and really my whole trajectory um, leading up to where I am now. I've been so fortunate to kind of um, have all these people in my life and kind of be major influencers and in my both my career and my personal life and so it's been really great and I, I feel very lucky <laughs> absolutely and I think I cut you off a little bit but what was the what was the 
uh, motivation for New York to Colorado? Uh, yeah, so after I was done with my program, I actually stayed in New York um, doing the freelance life mm-hmm. um, and hustling every day. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, for four, four or five years after I was done with my program. Um, and I did a lot of different things. I was freelancing. I was gigging. Um, I actually uh, took a few years to work in corporate finance uh, for a cancer treatment center what? and was an associate director of the affiliated foundation um, to give grants to um, cancer patients to receive this advanced uh, proton radiation therapy. Um, so it was a really you know crazy different path that I took yeah. for a minute. But I was really lucky because my whole setup was, I think, the dream, which, you know, I was still able to have this corporate finance job, but still able to go on tour um, with this quartet that I was performing with at the time um, and travel internationally, domestically, and um, still be accessible remotely. And it it was really great. And they were really... um, kind of understanding of you know I am an artist it's not a hobby it's my life but like I have a passion for both sides um so that was really great and then um and then of course on top of that you know doing some private teaching and um was on faculty at um a a school in um in Chelsea um that was just starting a music program and then you know it just came to a point where my love-hate relationship with New York kind of came full circle and um I just wanted to change the scenery and I have a duo partner who's originally from Denver um she's a violist uh, named Laura and we actually um I was coming out to Colorado probably every few months for about a year because we would do performances here. We'd like do uh, rehearsals and um, kind of do outreach things in and around um, Denver, Wyoming, and kind of the surrounding states. And so every time I would come out here, it was like a breath of fresh air. And I was like, wow, like everything just seems <laughs> so chill and like everyone's happy. The dogs are happy. Right. And it just seemed... And the mountains, which, you know, it was just, there were a lot of, you know, cool things that I kept noticing every visit that I came out. And then finally one day I just kind of, it was like, you know, I need to change the scenery. Um, I want to start a new chapter in my life. So I decided to move out to Colorado and start a DMA program, uh, my doctoral uh, degree at uh, CU Boulder. And um Laura was also enrolled in that and so I kind of got a little taste of that before I started and I was like oh this could be cool and like you know I eventually want to teach at a you know university um, or you know an institution at some point and you know I might as well kind of fill um, you know my degrees out so that I get a little more exposure um, more education because you know one can never is never too old to stop learning Um, so yeah that's kind of what prompted the move out here and I've I think it's been the best decision I've ever made so far (laughs) well we think so too we're glad we're glad you're here we're (laughs) glad you're part of the fabric of Boulder and the dairy so for listeners who are listening to this and sort of I'm enthralled by your story but you know this balance of I sort of see this this pattern of both philanthropy advocacy and then also the art going on what advice do you have for musicians or fellow artists in any genre who sort of want to ride that line as you are in your life? I think one of the things that I'm always reminding myself and that has been a savior for me is that there is no written path that you have to take. Uh, 
as cliche as it sounds, the world is your oyster and you can do with it whatever you'd like. And I feel like growing up, there was this kind of formula that I had to follow if I wanted to be a musician, a professional musician and what that looked like. And, you know, times are changing by the minute now. Mm -hmm. And there is no written formula that anyone can just follow and you'll have a great successful career. And I find that, you know, the most uh, fruitful and exciting careers are the ones that you don't know what's going to happen, but you're open to possibilities. You're letting your creativity kind of um, guide you, but not dictate what you want your life to be. And so, you know, I've kind of had, um, been fortunate to kind of experience a lot of different things. Um, and I've gained and learned from all of those things, whether it was directly music related or if it was completely, um, you know, something else, you know, being in corporate lifestyle, you know, there's something from every experience that I've kind of gathered and kind of taken what I need to from that to kind of help me create this life that I have now. And I've learned from things that, you know, I never would have learned in other places, but I'm able to apply them to my everyday and kind of, um, you know, let that help my creative process in how I, in, in whatever way makes sense. And so, you know, it's, it's great because I feel that I have a lot to give to all of my colleagues, to my friends, um, you know, to people who I work with, you know, either in one capacity or the other. There's a lot of, um, I kind of feel a little bit like a bridge because I can connect to both sides of the world. Um, and for me, you know, it's not for everyone and, you know, not everyone has that cup of tea where like, I want to look at spreadsheets or I want to do budgets. And I want to look at the analytics on that I want to look at the what analytics. The conversions yeah. on that ticketing. You know, yeah. and so it's not everyone's cup of tea and it's not always my cup of tea, but it's something that I enjoy doing. Um, and so whatever way that I can help, you know, my friends and my colleagues, um, in that way for the better good of music as a whole industry, um, is something that I feel fortunate to be a part of. And it's been really cool, um, kind of seeing where I started and where I've ended up now. And there have been like some really cool projects that I've been a part of, um, and things that were so way out of my spectrum of, uh, career trajectory but are still applicable to my everyday life now so I guess just don't follow the rules but follow your passion that's so good (laughs) that's so good we need we need we need like a wordpress here so we can be like (laughs) printing tea towels and things of that nature as we go so a question that I really like to ask the actors who are on the podcast is what are your bucket list roles? And so I'm trying to find the parallel question for a musician. Hmm. Would it be what what composers are your favorite to play? Or is there a certain piece of music that you just have to do it before you put that bow down for good? Um, let's see. What would be the equivalent question? I guess it could be <laughs> what performance or where or venue type thing, okay. I guess, could right be fun. Um. I would love to perform at the Sydney Opera House. I know I'm not an opera singer, (laughs) um, but I would love to have that experience because it's such a unique venue. It's such a unique space. Um, It's beautiful. And I feel like there's so many cool musical things 
I, I want to like sit down and have dinner with the person who <laughs> curates that space right. year round. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess you could think of it as, you know, bucket list projects as a musician. Um, you know, I've always wanted to, uh, play as part of a major blockbuster film score. Um, I have a handful of friends who are studio musicians, um, and it's a different, it's a different kind of playing and it's a different kind of music. And I love, you know, that kind of stuff. I've done the Pixar in concert uh, with New York Phil before. And it, you know, it's, it's a pops concert. It's not a standard um, orchestra concert, uh, masterworks concert that they do, but it was so fun and it was so cool to be part of that. And the music is freaking hard. Like studio musicians, Pixar. Oh my gosh. Like you listen to it. The Incredibles, like, awesome awesome soundtrack such a cool movie there are some shitty licks in there that are so hard but it's so cool and like when it all comes together it's really cool um yeah so i guess that is a thing that i'd like to do at some point in my career um yeah i've I released my debut CD last February, so I would love to do another CD. It was a lot of fun, um, a lot of work, um, but it was a lot of fun, so I'd love to kind of uh, do another album and release that. Um, of what, I don't know yet, but it's going to be amazing. <laughs> what kind of team do you have to put together for a solo album like that? So, Well, so my first album that I did was an actual solo album. It was just solo violin, and I recorded all six of the Izai uh, violin sonatas. And for that, it was a pretty, I kept it lean. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, j- because it was solo violin, I didn't need a pianist um, or another musician to kind of accompany me. Um, so it was just me from the performance side. And then I had a recording engineer. Um, and normally you have a producer as well on the album. Um, but because uh, I kind of wanted to know the ins and outs of that full process, right. I kind of was my own producer. Um, and so, you know, going through all the editing process and, you know, doing takes and booking the hall and everything. So I did all of that. And, you know, my recording engineer um, was amazing and kind of, uh, it was a learning process for him as well. So we were learning together and discovered a lot of great things. Um, and then, you know, I, I, and then it got picked up by a label. I had um, pitched oh my, my proposal and it got released on MSR Classics. And so um, that process was really cool. And they helped out with the design um, of the actual album and um, kind of getting it out there on Amazon and iTunes and um all those other different outlets and PR packaging and all that good stuff. So yeah, it was, it was really cool. So that was, you know, very, very, you know, minimal number of team, you know, members, but ideally, and as you get into more complex repertoire, there are so many more people involved. Um, So a future, another, another project for the future. future. I didn't, I didn't even put that together that you'd want to record in a concert hall and not, in like a little small <laughs> but now I know where did you where did you record that one I did all of my recording at Grusin uh, Hall uh, for uh, as part of the College of Music building um, really beautiful space really great acoustics and worked really nicely for solo violin so yeah that's where I did all my recording right on as we begin to approach the beginning of the end I'm gonna take it back a little bit so I guess the parallel question to a bucket list is like looking back on 
the performances and the repertoire that you've done so far, what would you say your top like three to five performance moments so far have been? Oh wow. Greatest hits. <laughs> Greatest hits. Wow, there's so many. Can I expand on that question and Absolutely. just say musical moments? I love it. Let's okay. do it. Let's see if we can work backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Chronological order. Yeah. Um, well, one which was right here in Mackey Auditorium was uh, when I performed the Sibelius Violin Concerto uh, with the CU Symphony Orchestra. That was a really special moment. Sibelius Violin Concerto is one of my favorite um, concertos in the repertoire, one of many favorites. Um, but it was really special to kind of perform that with the orchestra because um, – you know, they were my friends, they were my colleagues um, when I started the doctoral program. Uh, and so it was really special to share the stage with so many people that I knew and, um, you know, consider really great friends. Um, so that was uh, a really great experience, um, which was also last February. Um, and then, of course, the release of my debut CD, uh, the Izai Six Solo Violin Sonatas. Um, my very first concerto performance with orchestra when I was, uh, I want to say 15 or so, performed the Brahms Violin Concerto with the American Youth Symphony um, in LA. That was very exciting. Um, oh, okay. So these last two are <laughs> like fun. They're not like... <laughs> They're not like highlights of me as a classical musician, but they're like fun moments in my memory and kind of milestones as a performer. Um, and one was being on Jeopardy. Um, I performed clue, uh, Clues for an episode, um, for a series of episodes when I was at Juilliard. Um, and so I, I filmed a number of the Clues with the Clue crew. It was like pretty awesome. Um, How did that happen? They contacted, it was through Juilliard. It was when I was um, in the master's program and they wanted to do a music category. And we basically filmed 20 clues and what what ended up airing, I think were... I think I was involved in four of the ones that ended up airing. Oh my gosh! On that, on that, I think it was one of the like championship rounds. Or... Can you find it on YouTube or something? Oh yeah, I have the clip oh. saved on my in my drive because I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> I was on Jeopardy. Yeah, so that was one cool moment. Um, and then the other one, speaking of TV, mm-hmm. um, was when I was ten. I was the violin double for Lacey Chabert on Party of Five, um, and I performed the very. I had to learn the very beginning of the Beethoven Violin Concerto, which you know, at age ten, it's like I don't have the mental or emotional capabilities to really effectively perform that piece. But I only needed to learn like the first five lines. Um, yeah, and so like I went on a TV set and like got wardrobe. They had to dye my hair. And 10 years old, I was playing, you know, the opening theme of the Beethoven Violin Concerto. (laughs) So my left hand is very famous. (laughs) Not my face, just my left hand. My left hand is very famous. Oh, my gosh. I'm, like, in shock from those last two moments. I'm, like, fan-personing out over here. This is so great. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, folks. We're going to list all of the concerts where you can get tickets in the episode description. Visit the Dairy's website at thedairy.org. Find about all the things that Sharon's doing at SharonParkViolin.com. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. 